0: hola everybody welcome to the unicorn millionaire podcast i'm your host charlie stover i'm a non-binary latinx money coach helping my first gen clients become millionaires
1: i'm a formerly undocumented mexican-american and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world and i'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey i talk about personal finance money mindset Working unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here,
0: we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hey, y'all. How's it going? I'm Traveler Charlie. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires, and I'm the host of the Unicorn Millionaire podcast.
1: Today, I wanted to do this IG Live Q&A session because A lot of people have been asking me how i've been able to do it how have i been able to get out of the us it's no surprise that a lot of us are feeling very jaded and disillusioned and overwhelmed right now especially not because of but especially because of what happened with the roe versus wade overturn i know joe biden issued an executive order to combat that but it's really ridiculous that we've retroceded so much in the past 50 years, instead of going forward in time, it feels like we're moving back in time. And I personally have never had an abortion. I don't think I ever will, but the fact that uh, this is affecting people who are able to, and not just women, because trans men can get pregnant too. The fact that they're rolling back these rights for women is something that's scary for myself, as a marginalized person, as a queer person, because I just know that next on the chopping block are LGBT rights, like gay marriage, which was barely legalized in the US in 2015. So it's no surprise that a lot of people are thinking of their options and possibilities in terms of just getting out of the US. I remember when people were joking when Trump was running for presidency that if he would win, people would jokingly say that they would just move to Canada. but I'm just like, why would you move there? I hate the cold. I love the idea of socialized healthcare because the bar is so low. (laughs) As an American, we're literally in the most expensive medical system in the wealthiest country in the world. But you have other options besides going to Canada. (laughs) No shame on Canada. I just can't deal with colder weather. Anything colder than 70 degrees, I'm not into that. So if y'all have questions, go ahead and put your questions in the chat here and I'll answer them as we go. But I want to talk and address different topics so that you feel prepared and less overwhelmed in case you're thinking about leaving the U.S. And the first thing I'll say is that I'm recording this in Washington, D.C. I was living in Mexico for a year and a half. I got the fuck out when COVID was hitting in November of 2020. And I got a full ride to get my MBA at the Heller School because I had done the Peace Corps. And I decided to leave because to me, it didn't make sense to pay the overpriced US rent when I could be in Mexico as a dual citizen, chilling by the beach. (laughs) And it was the best decision that I ever made. And I did that not knowing a single person in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I just Googled uh, best places for digital nomads to live in Mexico. I'd been to Tulum before, but it's overpriced with all the Tuluminatis and the LA bougie people and the New Yorkers flying in and partying and doing their raves and getting Mojito there is just as expensive as it is in New York. Cancun, I didn't personally like the vibe because it also just felt like another version of Las Vegas by the beach. So I settled with Playa del Carmen and I stayed there for a year and a half. I left Mexico in May to just come back to the U.S. because I missed my friends And I wanted to reconnect with folks. And I've been in D.C. for about a month now. Not only am I having fun, partying it up, going to bachata brunch, which I'm wearing this beautiful tie-dye two-piece suit that I bought at Tar Gay yesterday, (laughs) but I'm also dog-sitting. I'm recording this episode in the apartment of a lovely couple who asked me to watch their Labrador mix, and I love it because I can get work done. I can do IG lives, record podcasts, but also cuddle and snuggle with dogs and cats and just curl up and read a book when I want nothing to do with screen time. But I'm in the US because I chose to be, knowing that at any point I can leave again, which comes to my first most important piece. If you're thinking about getting out of the US, the most important thing is money. You have to have your finances in order in order to leave. That's what gave me the ability and the confidence to leave the US is having invested in a brokerage account. And I'm actually doing a masterclass, you can still sign up for that, a masterclass on investing at the six figure level and brokerage accounts this Wednesday the 13th to learn more about investing. That's really What gave me the confidence and the ticket to be able to say, no mas, I don't feel like being in the U.S. right now. I'm going to move to Mexico for my sanity. (laughs) And financial freedom was the number one most important thing. And it continues to be the most important reason why I'm still able to be able to travel from place to place with the one-way ticket life and go as I please. And literally, if I don't feel like being somewhere, I can leave because I have my finances in order. Not only do I have investments and savings, I have my passive income streams. I have my own money coaching business. And I'm dog sitting on the side to bring in cash while everybody else is freaking out about the recession and the stock market. I came to the US to work in a very non-demanding job. i built my references up. I was able to raise my prices being here and Demand is as strong as ever. people are still going on vacations and they want their pets to be taken care of. So I'm literally taking advantage of every single opportunity I have instead of feeling scared or or guilty about my money not doing the right thing. And this is exactly what I help my first gen clients do. Move from the guilt and being scared and not understanding to making actions and strategizing and investing thousands of dollars in the stock market in our own businesses, and just in our lives overall. So having your finances in order, I can't tell you how important that was, at least for me, in order to feel confident enough to get the fuck out of the USA, at least for a little bit. And if I want to come back, that's cool. Last year, I did come back to the US for a bit Uh, in September. I had just gone through a really intense breakup. I was in Peru for three months, Colombia for a month. And then I came back to the US to get vaccinated because I still was not able to for somebody in my age group. I wasn't able to get vaccinated in South America. They hadn't rolled out the vaccines for foreigners and people in my age group so far, at least not in Peru. Um, So I went to the US to get vaccinated and I went to the Dinosaur Festival in Palm Springs in California to just party it up and be with other queer people and just have fun. And that was the best decision I made at the time. And again, having money, (laughs) savings, and investments, and continuing to invest in my business is what allowed me to just go enjoy the festival. And then I went by a one-way ticket, again, last minute from Los Angeles to Orlando, and I went to Girls in Wonderland, another LGBT festival. And I met up with my friend, the Latina investor, Aracelys. Hey, Elise, I love you. I miss you. And I met her in person for the first time. So I can't stress enough how important it is to have your finances in order. And if you want to work with a coach who will help you be accountable for six months and walk you through all the steps, the money mindset, credit card points, hacking, investing in the stock market, investing in massive, massive, could be massive, in passive income streams, book a call at the link in my bio to learn more about one-on-one coaching. You can also sign up to attend my masterclass this Wednesday to learn about investing in brokerage accounts, because in that class, I'll talk about how I sell stock to pay for my bills and pay for my life. I invest in the long-term, so for decades I plan to invest in that brokerage account, but I also sell thousands of dollars of stock to pay for my short-term expenses. So that's what's great about a brokerage account. You can use it as a retirement account, but you can also use it to pay your bills in addition to other sources of income and having an emergency fund is important. So we'll just normalize talking about all that in my masterclass. Or if you'd prefer to just work one-on-one with me, that's cool too, I am taking clients for my six-month coaching program. So having your finances in order is, in my opinion, the most important way for you to get started in looking at where you're gonna leave. Might not have to be, Mexico could be another country. You might've been researching another country um, to move to potentially, and you're not crazy for doing that. The U.S. makes you feel like you're crazy for wanting to leave sometimes and the media doesn't help with that. And people will say, oh, you're so brave or or, you're crazy for leaving. And I was made to feel that way, even though Mexico was right next door. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm crazy, but, like, it just makes sense for me to do this. And I'm a Mexican citizen, so let me try it out. If it doesn't work out, you can always come back. But at least you know you've tried, right? So that the financial freedom financial independence is super important when you're thinking about leaving. I will say though that the US is an extremely expensive country for what you get. <laughs> Just being here in the US, I have not paid a cent in rent and that was my objective. I was like the US is overpriced. I'm not trying to pay rent out here because it's overpriced. How can I live my best life and not pay rent? So that's why I've been house sitting. All around DC, there's massive demand for that. And I've also been staying with very supportive friends who understand my journey, who've been letting me just stay with them for a couple of days at a time. So I'm really grateful for my community for letting me do that. So, um, so yeah, that, uh, what was I trying to say? <laughs> I totally blanked. I was talking about rent. Um, Oh, yeah, I was just talking about how it's, it's cheaper when you leave the U.S. Um, yeah, I remember even just traveling to Europe and going to see a doctor and paying out of pocket to, to see doctors. It was just so much cheaper than even paying to see a doctor with an insurance. The U.S. is so expensive. Like, I'm probably paying off the same amount on my credit card just on groceries than I was living in Mexico paying for rent and groceries. Like in Mexico, I remember spending $30 at a time. And that was for like bougie wine and cheese, like set up my meals for like four or five days, maybe even a week. And and now I go to the grocery store here and, and the same amount of money is for literally like last me two days here. And I cook my own meals. Uh, I don't really buy much alcohol. Um, yeah, just like the cost of living is so much more expensive. And In D.C., I bought an annual bike pass. That was $95 uh, versus in Playa del Carmen, one of those city bike passes is $20 a year. So once you leave the U.S., especially if you go to Latin America, even some European countries like Spain, just the cost of living is less than in the U.S. I can't think of a country that has more expensive and just like rent uh, that I've been to, maybe Japan, the Scandinavian countries are are more expensive too. But in general, as soon as I've booked an Airbnb in places like Colombia or Latin America, it's just been so much more reasonable than Airbnbs in the U.S. So once you get out of the matrix, at least from my experience, the cost of living has been lower. Again, that depends on the country that you're choosing to go to. If you're trying to move to Denmark. <laughs> Things are probably not going to be as cheap. However, the healthcare system, the high taxes—that that's that's something that uh, is kind of included in higher taxes. Countries like De- Denmark, Scandinavian countries—you're paying a premium, but you can also access things like free healthcare. So. So when you, you move to country, you might want to think about visas and residency and how you're going to stay there. But I recommend that you just travel, especially if you're thinking about moving to a country. If you've never been to that country before, it makes sense to just travel depending on the visa situation and staying there for a couple weeks or a couple months until the tourist visa runs out. And you can reassess, go back home or, or border hop to a different country. Uh, and, and see that situation because getting a visa residency is a serious endeavor and you have to want to, to pay money to do it, maybe hire a lawyer or go to grad school or get a job that will sponsor you for your visas. This isn't something that I specialize a lot in. I moved to Mexico since I'm a dual citizen. I have both citizenships. I was undocumented until I was 14 in the U.S., I was sworn in at TD Garden in Boston to get my U.S. citizenship when I was 21, even though I'd lived in the U.S. since I was three. Um, So I've never really applied for a a visa other than when I studied abroad in France, but I had the excuse that I was studying abroad there, and it was easy to get a student visa that lasted me like six months when I went there. Somebody who you might want to reach out to and has a program for people, who I've taken her courses, Vanessa from Wander Onwards. She has a course, a group course for people who are tired of the bullshit in the U.S. and are looking to get out. And it's really nice to have a safe space to be with other people, mostly BIPOC, who are tired of the racism and oppression and cis-heteronormative white supremacy in the U.S. to just have a safe space to brainstorm and hear other people who are also tired of this-ish and also want to get out. When I first started her group course, I was thinking about getting my MBA in Spain, in Barcelona, because I love Barcelona. I love that you can hear different languages when you walk down the street. I've been there twice. Very queer friendly, which is important for me to take into account. (laughs) Okay. so so like I was saying, I thought about going to Barcelona to study, but it turned out MBAs are not cheap, (laughs) at least not the ones that I was looking into. Uh, in Barcelona, they were not cheap. Some programs, like the ones that were famous that I'd heard of other people doing were like $100,000. And I was like, this is way too expensive. So that's why I was looking into uh, getting a US-based MBA. But I was like, I'm only gonna do this if I can get a fat scholarship or a full ride. So I got a full ride. So I didn't have to worry about that. And by the luck of the draw, it was COVID. I had a a knowing that we would be stuck in this whole pandemic because the government wasn't doing anything, and I just had this knowing that I'd get my entire MBA for a year and a half completely remotely, and it ended up being true. I didn't set foot on campus until after I graduated, and I'm actually going uh, glamping with some of my MBA classmates at the end of July. We're going to have a bougie Airbnb in the woods with a jacuzzi, just my style. Yes, 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 so excited for that. So it's going to be cool to meet my classmates after having studied with them. Um, but yeah, that, I just shared this. So to normalize that it, it's okay that you don't have a plan, I'm proud of myself for looking into it, for investing money in a group course in Vanessa's, uh, I call it the get the fuck out of the US course, <laughs> talking with other BIPOC folks about why they want to leave, what countries they're looking into, which countries are offering digital nomad visas, uh, there were some folks in there who are Latinx descent and who were talking about how you can get a visa to go to Spain because because Spain at least acknowledges acknowledges its colonizer status. So I've heard that sometimes they'll give people, Latin American countries, uh, citizenship to Spain so that it was just neat to be in a safe space and talk about the options and digital nomads are visas that are popping up here and there. Um As a queer person, I also definitely want to pay attention to queer rights. Like a lot of people talk about Bali, and I think Bali has a digital nomad visa. But I've also heard a horror story of a queer woman talking about how queer friendly Bali was, but then she ended up getting deported. I personally would love to go to Morocco. I want to go to Iran, but these these countries where I don't know, like (laughs) I don't like using the restroom, public restrooms in the US or Mexico. So in those other countries where it can be punishable by death to be queer, that makes me nervous. So I definitely understand folks' apprehensions for for moving abroad, but I've had a pretty positive experience in, in Mexico, in Playa del Carmen, because there's a lot of digital nomads, there's a lot of foreigners, it's not the biggest city, but there are a lot of tourists, and generally in places where there's a lot of tourists, they're more LGBT friendly and they do have a pride parade. So that might be something useful to look into. Do these places even have pride parades? (laughs) Or does the police like beat people up in pride parades in this country? All valid concerns for people to have. So definitely follow at Wander Onwards if you're looking into more of the visa, uh, digital nomad residency questions. She really specializes in that and I believe Vanessa She married a German and she's living in Germany right now. And she just lives her best life traveling between countries in Europe. It's also way cheaper to travel in between European countries. A flight from France to Italy can cost like 30 euros. At least that's how much it was when I was there. Once you get there, (laughs) just the cost of so many things is cheaper. The quality of the food is better. The US does not regulate food. Like we're eating crap in the US and in Europe, they actually have higher standards for a lot of things than in the US. Um, What else? Making friends, that's something that people have been cautious about. So I'll say that you have to put yourself out there. Just like if you're in the US, you have to put yourself out there if you want to make new friends you become the people that you surround yourself the most with. And especially the older you get, I feel like the harder it is to make friends because we also get picky when we're in middle school. We're just like friends with whoever, because we don't understand boundaries. We don't know how friendships work like now, but the older we get, the more expectations we have about what healthy friendships look like and, and having shared interests and values as well. Those are important. So, I definitely recommend downloading the Couchsurfing app. The annual membership is pretty affordable; it's like three bucks a month. It used to be free, but when COVID hit, they decided to start charging money. Uh, some people are salty about it, but I've literally saved thousands of dollars like using Couchsurfing, uh, getting hosted for free. Because so I've been to thirty countries and I'm thirty-one, and uh, I've never made more than sixty k uh, working for myself. I've made more money working for myself than I have for working at the nine-to-five. Um, so yeah, download the Couchsurfing app. You don't have to just use it to, to find a couch surfing host that will host you for free. You can also use it, uh, turn on the couch surfing meetups feature. It's kind of like Tinder. And unfortunately some sketchy ass, mostly cis straight men use it like Tinder. <laughs> but aside from that, I've used that to make friends. Like you see who's online and then you can say, I'm looking to grab drinks with somebody or go to the pride festival. I'll put like rainbow flags next to what I'm doing to show people that I'm hella gay, (laughs) that I'm not interested in just like hooking up with cis het men. And that's something I've had to clarify in my couch surfing profile that has triggered like cis het men. (laughs) Some men have been like, why are you putting that? You're not interested in dating men. You don't have to put that. And like, it's exactly because of what you're saying and you're triggered. So there can be some sketchy ass, Cis men on couch surfing, but aside from that, I've met some amazing friends, lifelong friends uh, who I'm still in touch with. So that's a great way to to meet up with people. Facebook groups are also another great avenue, depending on how young or old you are. Facebook may or may not be your jam, um, but Facebook groups, like I've posted in them and been like, I'm going to travel to this country. Does anybody know anybody here? And get connected that way. Or I'll just post on my Facebook status. I'm traveling to this country for these dates. Does anybody know anybody there? I can just literally publicize the shit out of wherever I'm going, for connection purposes to meet people, but also for personal safety purposes because I'm not close to my nuclear family. I don't talk to them or really see them. So if something happens to me, it's literally the the breadcrumb trail is on online on Facebook. So that's also why I post frequently about where I am for safety reasons uh, and to let people know. Um, What else? Facebook groups, uh, WhatsApp groups. So from my experience, when I moved to Playa del Carmen, there was a bunch of WhatsApp groups for people of different interests to meet up. When I moved there, uh, somebody added to the women of Playa WhatsApp group, even though I did not not identify as a woman, I identify as non-binary, and I probably confused a lot of people in the group because I passed as a male until I opened my voice people think I'm a dude, especially since I got top surgery. Um, so, but I stayed in that group and and people were asking all kinds of things like, where do I go to get my, <laughs> my downstairs waxed or does somebody know a quiet place where I can get work done here? And then none of the person is like, is there an LGBT WhatsApp group I can be added to? And I was like, boom, that's the question I've been waiting for. And then they post a link to another group. So, um, so I was definitely part of several different LGBT WhatsApp groups for people to, to meet up. And these groups are huge. There were hundreds of people in them. So it was through word of mouth that people were traveling through, mostly nomadically, and were in town for a couple days, weeks, or months. And they would just introduce themselves and, and, and state their hobbies and what they're interested in doing. So my jam in Playa del Carmen was going to karaoke nights at Club Social on Friday nights. Uh, I wasn't really a big fan of karaoke, but I liked the ambiente there. Entre más corriente, más ambiente. wasn't really corriente <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but that's where I would, I would literally say, hey, I'm going to karaoke tonight. Who wants to join? And then other nomads or tourists or people traveling through would join. And so that's a, also a way of connecting with people, seeing if there's WhatsApp groups wherever you're trying to move. Another concern, especially if you're LGBT, if you're queer, or if you're a woman, basically if you're not a cis (laughs) white man, safety is another issue. So for me, I just make sure to, like I said, tell people where I'm going um, country-wise and stuff like that, Um, to not walk the streets alone at night. But in Playa del Carmen, I felt pretty safe I will say that there were some like random narcotraficante shootings there, but it's not like the mass shootings that there are in the U.S. of like random, angry, racist white men storming uh, a Walmart parking lot and shooting 40 brown people. In Mexico, it was more like the narcos got into fights with each other or somebody that was messing wrongfully so with the narcos and like one or two people got shot. So I was I still felt safer, honestly. (laughs) in Mexico and then in the US. There's not such a racially charged environment there. And there's a ton of BIPOC folks, a lot of black people who escaped both Canada and the US for Mexico because they didn't feel like the police were racially profiling them. You didn't really hear of things like white policemen kneeling and choking uh, black folks to death there. So it was really cool to, to see other BIPOC folks just be able to enjoy life there without worrying so much about being racially profiled just for being of color there. So, um, yeah, letting people know where you're going, especially if you're not a cis-hat, straight, white man walking alone at night in the streets. Caution against that. Taxis. uh, I speak fluent Spanish, so I never really had an issue with taxis. Of course, they try to overcharge me sometimes. But I always would ask them, I'm going from here to here. How much is it? And if the price was too high, I would just say no <laughs> onto the next one and get a new taxi. It was as simple as that. I wasn't trying to fight them or get personally insulted or, or anything. And sometimes I would just pay it because it was still cheaper to get pay for a $5 taxi for the same distance as it would to pay a $30 Uber in Nashville.
0: <laughs>
1: um, but I used the city bikes there a lot in Ply. It was cheaper. And I loved exercising and getting around that way. I just needed a credit card to pay for the city bikes to to be able to move around. There wasn't really Uber there or Lyft or because the taxi syndicate, the union fought against those. And I definitely understand why that collective action is there and why they hate Uber and Lyft because they take huge commissions out of folks. But personal safety wise, I'm not going to feel guilty about that because I'm not a corporation. I'm a human and I have to protect and look out for myself. So I would definitely recommend using Uber or Lyft over any taxi service. Uh, I've had sketchy situations in, in Bogota and Colombia when I was like drunk in, in a taxi and that was not good. So after that, I used Uber um, because there's more accountability. You have the, the name of the person, the license plate and it's tracked and there's customer service. There's just more accountability than in taxis. So that, that's what I'll say about safety. Uh, another thing is I like the interest intrastate public transportation system in Mexico a lot more. The buses, if you go from Playa del Carmen to Merida to the other side of the Yucatan Peninsula, or you can even take a bus from Playa to Mexico City, the the buses are a lot more comfortable and cleaner than the Greyhounds buses in the U.S. And sometimes they'll even, they, they would even give you a snack, I think, before COVID they would, but I don't think anymore. And there's like Movies playing, the seats can recline, they're really comfy, there's bathrooms on the bus, air conditioning, so I totally would feel safe even taking the overnight buses. Uh, back when I was a broke backpacker, I would take the overnight buses from city to city so that I wouldn't have to spend $8 on a hostel. <laughs> now I would not do that <laughs> thanks to my investments. In the stock market, and in my business, and my savings, I don't really feel like I have to take overnight buses to save eight (laughs) dollars. So, yeah, that—that's what I'm thinking in terms of safety. Another is just housing. Housing is important, and I am really glad that I approached it the way I did in terms of housing. I booked a month-long Airbnb in Playa del Carmen that had good reviews. I wanted to make sure it had. Based off the reviews, I searched Wi-Fi because a lot of people, that's their main concern also is Wi-Fi, especially if you're a digital nomad. If people said the Wi-Fi was not good, then I would not go there. I also save money booking for a month or a week. If you do long-term, you can save money with Airbnbs. So I was like, I want to definitely book for a month because I'm also in midterms of grad school and I'm not trying to worry about where I'm going to live when I'm taking tests to finish out my first semester. So that was a really good option. And then a lot of the times... If you have a good with the landlord si te cae bien and you get their confianza, uh, they'd rather you pay them in cash because Airbnb takes a huge chunk out of commissions. But you should definitely have them draft a lease or an agreement that's in paper and signed and not just do word of mouth um, to protect yourself that way. Uh, but what I liked about Mexico is that you could get a six month lease that was considered long term or a year long lease, um, but it depends too. You can also probably sublet or if you want shorter, you can just Airbnb, but then also you can scope out other um, potential places to live once your boots on the ground or chocos or sandals or stilettos on the ground, you can walk around and see what neighborhoods uh, you like better. I'm a very noise-sensitive person, so the hardest part of living in Playa, aside from the sweltering humidity and heat, even in December, I was shirtless. Another reason why I'm not there this summer, <laughs> like I'm chilling in D.C., people are are like, it's so hot and humid here. I'm like, honey, this is nothing compared to Playa, kind of <laughs> but it's a very noisy place to live. I was five minutes walking from the beach. I was paying like 400 bucks a month for my six month lease. And I thought I'd made it, but then it turned out to be in a very loud neighborhood. I was in front of Podadoras de Playa del Carmen, like literally in front of a lawnmower store. So they were testing the lawnmowers and fixing them all day long, Monday through Saturday. And behind me, there was like an impromptu taller where Mexican folks would go and construct things like bed frames or... Large wooden structures and just be sawing all day long. And there was also a really noisy parrot that I'm pretty sure was imitating its owners having sex because it would make these crazy sex noises first thing in the morning. And it's like, I do not want to stay here. So I'd wear earplugs at night, but it was just loud. People would be blasting music at all hours. Like coming to the US, I feel like I'm just resting because it's not nearly as loud as Playa del Carmen was. Even being in Mexico City, I was like, okay, I can rest, I can breathe here. Mexico City was way quieter than Playa del Carmen. I thought that Mexico City would be like louder and chaotic because it's one of the largest cities in the world, but it was still more quiet, (laughs) Playa del Carmen. (laughs) So definitely scope out the neighborhood before signing a year long or six month long lease, wherever you're deciding to live. Um, Cost of living is another thing that I kind of touched on. I personally did not sign up for health insurance in Mexico because the out-of-pocket costs are so much cheaper. Some people might have different opinions. Some people are all about the traveler's insurance, which is probably affordable at the end of the day. But after spending thousands of dollars on emergency costs in the U.S., like spending a couple hundred in Mexico for checkups wasn't a big deal to me. Uh, I might regret this later, but it was a personal decision. I remember going to the doctor uh, and getting their WhatsApp and messaging them if something was up, and I could go see them like the same day or the next day, pay 30 bucks up front. No insurance needed. Uh, I would get my teeth cleaned for a lot cheaper, just everything out of pocket. I'd go to my chiropractor, also 30 bucks, and I'd get uh, adjustments every month. I'd also get weekly beach massages. That was my uh, treat self. For working for myself and working hard and being disciplined and having my own business and making a social impact that was my treat myself thing every week i'd go to the beach and get a massage for like 30 bucks and do that just literally everything is cheaper in mexico unless you're trying to get fancy ass imported electronics like i wanted some bose nose noise canceling headphones but those are a little too expensive now that i'm here i might invest on the little noise canceling earbuds because traveling so much uh, I would definitely prioritize having the little noise-canceling earbuds over the big things that take up so much more space in my maleta. My so all about minimizing stuff and parting ways with things and not having attachments to physical objects I can move forward and my future self, um, we can meet each other. What else? Uh, I've also been asked if my clients are U.S.-based. Yes. So my clients are U.S.-based with money coaching. Sometimes I'll get DMS from folks who are not American asking about my money coaching. And unfortunately I have helped some folks, but because I have stockbroker experience specifically in the U S financial system and the U S stock market, that's what I help my clients with. I help them understand capitalism, the U S system, how (laughs) public policy and, and money are just like tied together. But yeah, I also have clients who are American who are living abroad too, and they have to deal with foreign taxation. So I help them come up with, with a budget. One of my clients had a surprise $50,000 tax bill from her investments. Uh, And she said that thanks to the work that we had done together, if she hadn't been working with me, she would have had a heart attack with a $50,000 tax bill. But because my work is very mindset based, We also deal with the numbers. We we created that sense of safety for her, for her to just budget for the next tax bill so that it's not a surprise and not as scary. So yeah, my clients are US-based. I have helped people like my cousin. I helped her with Money for a bit, but for my six-month coaching program, so far, it's been US citizens who have Or people who have social security numbers so they can invest in the U.S. stock market. So I hope this has helped you give more insight about the possibilities and things to think about when you're trying to get the fuck out of the U.S. And you can always come back is the beauty of it. Like I'm literally recording this after having been in the U.S. for over a month. I didn't think that I'd be having such a fun time out here, but it's popping and I'm having a great time. But I can also leave whenever I want to. I might go to Baja California in mid August for the Baja Beach Fest, there's a reggaeton festival there. But I still haven't bought my ticket, but it's okay. That's why I have my investments and financial freedom. So I decide to book my Airbnb and my ticket. I can just do that. So yeah, I hope this has helped. Uh, I'm going to put up the podcast recording soon. And don't forget to sign up for my investing in my brokerage accounts uh, masterclass to learn about investing in those because investing in a brokerage account, it gives me the financial freedom to be able to say no to things, no to people, no to jobs, and yes to more flights and just jobs and the pets, animals, parties that do serve me. And, and, And the whole point of all of this is to have fun at the end of the day. The point of life isn't just to make money and buy shit. It's to make money and to have fun and to help others. So don't feel guilty about also socially conscious investing. Cause that's something that I know a lot of you are feeling guilty about, and you're letting that stop you from investing in the stock market. You feel guilty for investing in these us corporations, but let me break it to you. This is the capitalistic system that we've inherited against our will. We don't have the option to invest in nonprofits or things that help the planet for the same passive income return. So while we're here, why not learn about how to use the system that we've inherited, learn about how to be tax efficient, and then, like me, my goal is to just sell out of all these investments in these white men corporations and invest in mutual aid in my own community, in my own business, in in our own communities, and build wealth that way. So if you're interested in working one-on-one, I'll put the link in the show notes to this podcast and to my investing masterclass. So go ahead and sign up for that. And the link to my podcast is, is in my bio. So check that out. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.
0: The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast, hosts, and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax-certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.